Just when you thought you were out, we pull you back in. This is And Justice for Al, brought to you by InRealDeep.com. I'm Steve Cimino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Let us do a podcast about Al Pacino once again. It's been, been a bit. It's been a while, but that's okay. We're back, and we wouldn't be back without Tom, our resident ne'er-do-well. Maybe not ne'er-do-well. What's the word I'm looking for? Curmudgeon? Naysayer. Curmudgeon's probably... <laughs> naysayer. Rabble-rouser, yeah, naysayer. naysayer. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> Hello, hey, Tom. Tom. How are You're you? Such a cheery. You're such a cheery naysayer. Well, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> He's just cheery because he knows I'm going to be the one who's getting riled up soon. He's just going to be the one dancing and prancing and crapping all over Al. So. I have a feeling yeah. this is going to be a divisive podcast. I have, I have a feeling. Have we had a non-divisive podcast yet? I guess probably one or two. Godfather, maybe? Godfather, yeah. yeah. It was pretty gentle. Yeah, but this yeah. one is not uh, is not for the gentle at heart. This one really cuts into is some '80s liberal propaganda and also a lot of strange, out of nowhere comedy and <laughs> some quotable lines and some great Al Pacino. Of course, it is the namesake for this podcast. It is dot 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 and justice for all. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you got the ellipses. In oh, there. of That's course, great. yeah, ellipses and justice for all. The Al Pacino. Oh. I could not find it on IMDb because of the ellipses. I was like, where is this fucking movie? And, I, was, yeah. I kept finding the Metallica album, too. And I, I was like, I don't Metallica. want the Metallica album. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, let's talk about Injustice for All. It is a the 1979 courtroom drama. It is one of Al Pacino's many Oscar nominations. It is a very a movie very much of its time, I would say. Like it's it's almost amazing it's nineteen seventy nine. It feels like it came out like in the heart of the eighties. Like it just feels like it, all the things you th- you think of when you think of eighties movies, I feel like are all here. Uh well I having watched the first few episodes of the Deuce, I uh the David Simon show about the nineteen seventies porn industry in new york that also resonated like the credits the opening credits really resonated with me in that sense uh like the music and like the lot like the the freeze or freeze frame or still shot and then transition still shot transition with like a synth heavy you know so yeah it's definitely definitely not of this you know like I think we've watched some movies like Godfather that were that came out before. Some some movies are timeless. They don't feel like they were made any given time. That's definitely not true with this movie. <laughs> you could definitely tell it was not made recently. <clears throat> no. Yeah, it... <laughs> that's definitely true. I mean, it's definitely... The credits especially uh, with kind of like the law and justice, like good old-fashioned like montage, but then immediately into just like... Just like of its time funk was pretty... Uh, 
was pretty unmistakable. I mean, it opens with the the Pledge of Allegiance too, and it, yeah. and it, and it's sort of I think in the first indication this is going to bounce around from you know <laughs> drama to comedy or drama to whatever. The pledge is you know recited by children, and it is a very sort of like sort of ominous, sort of profound sort of opening, and then it gets right into a funky little intro song, <laughs> and you really I don't really think the vibe is very clear throughout. I think one of the predominant elements of this is how often Al Pacino goes through some dramatic moment with you know his clients or with the system or is crying or screaming or people are throwing plates and then the next scene is literally a jaunty you know helicopter flight or you know cracking wise with judges like it's just it just it, it, the scenes aren't it's not like sloppily edited together at all but you really can't tell why one thing necessarily follows the other sometimes yeah it's 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 tonally all over the place as far as i'm concerned to like a distracting degree like there were parts where i was just i was like laughing out loud and then like the part with like well anything related to the trans uh the the uh, transgendered um gentleman lady who who gets swallowed up by the system that al is trying to save the whole movie is like super depressing and then um and then, like, the last half hour of the movie is just Al Pacino histrionics, which I found was really weird because, like, I was kind of enjoying the first, like, 45 minutes or hour where he was just, like, a hapless – not hapless, but he was kind of just a down-on-his-luck, you know. He was, bum. like, beaten down by the system. He yeah, was just sort yeah. of, it was you like, know. He was very subdued, you know. And then, like, and then, like, an hour into the movie, that was just completely thrown out the window, and he was, like, peak – peak Pacino for the rest of the film so yeah I mean he, he certainly followed the uh the rest of the movie in that regard of just being totally schizophrenic <laughs> uh <laughs> but I had the same thought because it's like oh we have like a mild-mannered like almost yeah. like you know almost like oh, godfather Pacino and then 70s just, Al yeah I mean yeah. he's more mild-mannered in the 70s I mean. yeah I almost think that maybe in this movie he made the total transition into crazy but I don't know one of my notes, Tom, is is this exact line. Maybe Al started yelling in this scene and could never stop, which is from the <laughs> helicopter scene because that is like the that is the most like open sort of quote unquote comedy that I've seen Al do. You know, maybe until the like when he started being a parody of himself in the late '90s, like like a literal parody of himself, like trying to be funny. But that was just him going whoa, whoa, and Jack Warden flying the helicopter sort of close to things, and just like what is where did that scene? Like to me, that's the scene. I remember the most from watching this the first couple times when I was younger and seeing it again it's even stranger like it comes out of nowhere I don't know what it does it's almost like they had to put like a some sort of action comedy scene in and he'll fly a helicopter and Al will be scared and then they'll crash it into the river and everyone's fine Well, just I mean, to just to set the scene you know that that what you're talking about is Al Pacino a lawyer goes on a helicopter ride with a judge that he works with and then the judge is kind of suicidal, so the 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 helicopter ride is crazy, and then it just goes on forever. <laughs> it's like a really long scene, and but and then then like whoa whoa thing happens. It, that is that is one of the most bewildering film scenes I, I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's totally pointless. There, there's zero <laughs> point to have that scene in the movie, and. Not only that, it goes on for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's very long. I remember it being like two minutes. Like he flies, Al's freaked out, and then they land. Like, But but it just keeps going. He does a full you know, circle around. 
and Al's just freaking out. It was it was a very there's there's just so many parts of this movie that I just was not sure what they were going for. Like the like we will I guess we're just gonna bounce around a lot because just like the movie, there's no reason to really follow a thread. Um, the the I guess the the common narrative is that Al Arthur Kirkland, who is a defense attorney uh, in Baltimore, is is you know being beaten down by the system. He's he's a lawyer who's trying to do well and, and help clients who don't have you know who are who are getting either have gotten caught up for racial reasons or or misogynistic reasons or just or just you know victims of just the inequities of the system. But but then interspersed is you know. The, the meanderings and the casual conversations of lawyers. There is a lot of judge stuff. There is a judge rape in there. There is Jeffrey Tambor throwing plates. There's there's mental breakdowns. There's murders by cops in jails. Like it just it just really like it's it's Al Pacino. Arthur Kirkland has the busiest like week you've ever had in your entire life. It seems like in this movie. Like it doesn't seem like a lot of time goes by and just insanity is just happening at all turns. Like how does he not lose his mind? And he has a relationship with Christine Lottie in the middle of this. Yeah, he does. Don't forget, don't forget I mean, that part. Based on all that, it could be asked, what is the point of this movie? <laughs> Tom, I'm glad you said that. I literally asked Steve that before we added you into the conversation. And uh, I, I don't have an answer for that question. So I'll, I'll, I'll kick this over to Steve for the answer. What is the point of this movie? <laughs> I mean, I think there I mean, I think uh, I would say that I described it in that it is about the inequities and the failings of uh, the mo- the court system in the 70s and the 80s. I don't think that thread is necessarily carried through the entire time or taken to its fullest conclusion. But I mean, I, I would say like the-, the beginning and the end sort of are about that. And then in the middle, there's helicopters and plates and uh, transgender people and uh, missed court dates and sex and Al telling a woman that she might not be able to take him to bed if she doesn't play nice and and a lot of other strange elements. So I don't. I find this movie to be a very enjoyable and interesting film. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's start to finish anything fantastic. I think Al is very good. I do think you guys are 100 percent right that you start seeing seeds of the yelling Al. Though I think we've said that in pretty much every movie we've done so far. Like this is maybe where Al starts yelling, and I think we do need to recognize that from 1979, I guess on, he was just yelling. So I don't know if there was. Maybe this really was the first time, but. It was, I don't know. So did you guys, I mean, we should, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I was going to ask if you like this, but I, we're going to have to save that for the Michael Fredo Sonny's at the end. What what parts of this did you find good, if any? Did you like Al in this? Did you like some of its messages or did you feel like it was so all over the place that it just didn't hang together at all? Uh, well, I, I like, like I said, the first 45 minutes of Al where he was kind of downtrodden and subdued. Uh, I actually wrote in my notes that like that scene where he and Christine Lati get Chinese food and like bring it back to the, his apartment or whatever. And he's like just sitting there letting her talk and just blinking while he's eating an egg roll is like great Pacino. Cause he's not, he's not, he's not doing too much. Um, I just am so bewildered by the rest of the film, including his sort of, I, I understand he gets a, a bunch of things happen to him to sort of bring out this, crazy like spittle al character but uh like i just don't understand how it started i actually thought like so it starts with point a and i just don't understand how we get to point b with him like yelling in the courtroom and get it like i don't it doesn't 
I didn't buy that transition, you know, and I really enjoyed the the first part of the movie. Um, I would say this movie, to to sum it up, is like ch- kind of charming, but really terrible. Like there's some charming <laughs> moments, but like it's not a good movie. It's just it's so all over the place. Uh, but I I so for me that my answer is yeah I enjoyed the first first 45 minutes or so where Al was very very subdued, and he's kind of like. The, the thing I like about that is, like, there's a bunch of other lunatics in this movie, right? Crazy characters. And he's kind of, like, sitting back and letting everyone else be a lunatic. And then it's the rest of it feels like he's trying to, like, story top them, I guess. I, I don't know what he's doing exactly. But uh, that that's sort of where I, I came down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the best thing you can say is it's the worst edited movie of all time. But... <laughs> That's a very charitable description of the movie. Oh no, John F. Burnett. How I hope he's not alive to hear you say this, Tom. He'd be so upset. Yeah. Well. Sorry, but, I mean, John F. I just don't see the point. So if it's about the iniquities of the American justice system, then there should be like some coherence or like structure to get like to AJ's point of getting from point A to point B. But the second that they're on the verge of some kind of serious point, then the next scene is this weird, like, slapstick montage. It's like, what was the point of any of that? And if it's to say that that's how, like, frivolous American justice is, then that's a pretty lazy way to go about making that point. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I think you know. I'm reading the IMDb or the yeah the the well, the Wikipedia plot description. I guess is more ample. And if you read you know paragraph to paragraph what happens in the movie, there is a very you know I think through line between you know he has that one client. Uh, he has the transgender client who has a lot of troubles. He has McCullough, Jeff McCullough, the client who was illegally uh, was arrested because they thought he was a murderer and then got sort of stuck in the system. And then they both you know, are either, they both perish as a result of the system at a certain point, and then Al loses his mind and has the whole big meltdown. And along the way, his fellow lawyers fuck up and go crazy and shave their heads and a lot of other wacky stuff. And that's, so I mean, I think there's, there is something to, there was something there, or there is a way to get from A to B. I think the movie, like you said, Tom, I think it's impossible to argue that what they do drop in there, either to flesh it out or to, because they thought it was fun or for whatever the reasoning was, it it, it muddles the journey from A to B, to say the least. It it adds in a bunch of stuff that does not speak to the underlying themes or the, or the broader themes of what the movie is trying to say. Instead, it's just sort of wacky and and sometimes fun and yeah and the tone just does move around a whole bunch i think that does make it very hard to sit there and go this is what the movie is about in a sentence because you can't ignore the 15 minute helicopter scene and the other crap that really has nothing to do with anything well like okay so the the mcculloch and the black transgendered character like to some degree even if you eliminated everything else from the movie those two storylines would compete with each other you know in a lot of ways and but there's also there's there's like 10 other things going on like his Jeffrey Tambor who plays his colleague Jay Porter his meltdown and the suicidal judge and like there's like 10 and the and judge the rape we, we didn't even talk about that's that that's I guess the, that's the, the whole romance. you're right it's like so like there's way too much going on like it's not even an editing problem it's a scripting problem as far as I'm concerned because you get yeah, that right. much, and it, it's, there's no editor in the world that can do anything with that. It's There's just too much story. Too much story. 
Too so. much story and no coherence to any of the story. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the thing that I guess bothers me a little bit about it is that I think, like I said, in the first 45 minutes or so, I think Pacino does a really, actually a, a very good job. Uh, and then it's just like, Maybe he went crazy because there's too much story. I don't know. Like, like he just, there's just, it's a flips, a, a switch flips, you know? And it's like, uh, it, it, it just goes somewhere else. I, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, I, I have to say, like, of all the movies we've watched, I, I think, I, I think this was the one that was the most bewildering and confusing to me. And that includes The Devil's Advocate. And Danny Collins and some <laughs> others that were not exact, but like at least in those other ones, like there wasn't so much going on. Like this one just has so so much packed in. It was it was it was tough to take. Well, as usual, I think you guys are being total assholes to Al and are not re- respecting or reflecting upon any of his great work. I think one of my favorite Al scenes I've ever seen him do is in this movie when he goes to yell at his partner who did not, or his friend, I guess, who did not go help him with the case of the transgender person and that person and that person ends up hanging themselves in prison and Al is saying, don't you care? Don't you even care? <laughs> and he's so melting down. And I think that's like really good... Like, like, I think sad, really freaking out sad Al is really great. Like, I know you guys hate yelling Al. You hate all of his world-famous histrionics. But, and I'm sure you hate the courtroom scene, which we should talk about in detail because it's one of the more famous Al scenes. But I really enjoyed that scene. I thought Al brought so much emotion to it. I thought... the. But I, I, I don't argue with your point at all that there's so many storylines and he's getting alternatingly upset about each one or alternatingly invested in each one that it doesn't all really build to a crescendo. It's sort of just they're all happening parallel to each other and then they sort of they don't, they don't even really converge at any point. They just all sort of end and then he yells, you know, in a courtroom. Yeah, yeah. So, but I love that Al scene. I don't know if you guys like that, but I thought that was great Al emoting like crazy and it was you know it was big and bombastic but i thought it was good big bombastic al and i'm curious to hear you crap on me now <laughs> well i i like that scene i actually uh because i actually like because the other lawyer threw it back in his face and said don't you care like you weren't there where mm-hmm. were you uh which i thought was kind of interesting if we're going back to the point that this is about the inequities or the the inefficiencies of the criminal justice system but Again, that point is so obscured by everything else going on that it's it, it gets lost uh, completely in in the film. Uh, so, you know, that's I, I yeah I like performance wise, if we're like we've watched like Al Pacino performance wise, we've watched worse movies in the series on that on that scale uh, sort or sort of rating system. But like movie wise, this one was just just perplexing like i said i don't even know if it was bad it was just very strange and confusing i mean i would say that how to me how bad the movie is and i think it's i mean i think it's so bad make <laughs> you know, look better um than maybe he would have been in a normal or a good movie um because there's there's no way that you can argue that his performance is worse than the train wreck of the movie that he's in because <laughs> I guess I'll tell. I guess that's a compliment. I mean, it's a roundabout. It's it's, it's very roundabout. But that's what you're all about—the roundabout, though. So that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I you know I don't. 
This won't come as a shock to you. I don't think he's a very good actor. But <laughs> compared to... My <laughs> stars, to Tom. No, how dare you? Yeah, am I particularly offended by this one? No, not any more than... I mean, I think the movie is what is the real just unbelievable and awful thing about it, not necessarily his performance. Well, I um, I, I will say that you guys, I, I think you are, again, very right about uh, the flaws in the movie. I also think, though, I, I would say for, for a 1979, you know, Al Pacino starring relatively big deal movie, it did have, you know, progressive themes, especially for such a long time ago. But it did strike me at a certain point that it was... And though, Andrew, I think you did make a good point that it, that the lawyer, the, the, he does sort of the, the one scene where they sort of call each other out and say, you're a little full of shit yourself, sir. Because it is a bunch of white people, you know, older, yeah. you know, 30, 40-year-old white men speaking about... Uh, the, the problems, but, and, and, you know, and I guess, I mean, they're being, they're, they're ostensibly trying to help people by being lawyers and defending the underserved and the, and the people who need assistance. But the, the, they're sort of, I, I guess the theme is that they're sort of caught up in the system and they can't get out of it, but could they do more? I don't really know. Like, I'm not sure if it's, if the fact that it's all a bunch of white people is just because it was 1979 and they just cast a lot of white people in, in big Hollywood movies or whether that speaks to a larger theme that sort of looks in on itself and says, uh, you know, these people are, are saying a lot and not really doing as much as they even could, or I'm just exaggerating all of this and it's just not a good movie. That's a third option that I do accept is potentially possible that there's just not, that we're reading too much into it and it, it sort of is what it is. I mean, yeah, I mean on, the, on the last point, it kind of seems like it was the writers and they, so they're like, okay, let's make, um, let's make like a serious courtroom drama movie and then the, maybe the other writer was like, no, let's make a comedy movie. And then they both did acid together and just wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I, well, I'll just say, Steve, I don't think it's a meta commentary on white people saying. I think that's a very like 2017. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't uh, think so either. It's, I don't. The movie is not that. Well, it's not self-aware at all. But I don't think it's. It's certainly <laughs> not that self-aware in 1979. I mean, I do give it credit for sort of like a black transgendered character uh, that gets a lot of screen time and is, you know, sort of important to the plot. Um, and isn't treated like a joke or isn't like made fun of. It's just, yeah. it's just a person who is having issues as yeah. a, a transgender person then and probably now would be as well. So I feel like that was a very human and, and real presentation of a character who's just a character in a movie. Yeah, I guess what I would say is like, you know, I, I recently wrote about the searchers for the site and there's there's a lot of debate about that movie and whether it's sort of a meta commentary on, uh, you know, Westerns and white people's conception of native peoples. And, and let me just say that I don't think this movie is in that class. So I'm going to say no, it's not. It does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. No, it does not deserve like the benefit of the doubt. Um, not, not on that front. But uh, it does, I mean, it has some, like, again, it has some interesting components i mean and you and you want to talk about the courtroom scene so that is sort of like the enduring you know you're out of order you know, that that whole thing um i mean that's the famous <laughs> it's still that's still a famous thing out of this movie that i uh you know i guess i guess indoors um i i wonder if people have seen the rest of the movie uh, I don't, I don't, no, <laughs> that's but. probably a fair at this point i would say that's a fair most people i've talked to and said i was watching this movie they've said i don't know what that is what are you talking about i've never heard of that in my entire <laughs> life so um yeah well i mean it, it, it that's that 
line is certainly in in the still in the zeitgeist. I would say so. Like you know, I guess it didn't do everything wrong, but most things. <laughs> All cool. things except for that. What do you think, nice. Tom? Tom, did you like the? Did you like his freak out at the end, or do you think that was too too big? <sighs> I mean, no, I didn't like. It. I mean, that's what I disliked the most about his acting. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's iconic, but only because I've heard that before. I mean, like, so it's iconic because it's iconic, not because you feel like it deserves to be. Right. There's like two kinds of iconic ones. Like, oh, that's of course that should be that way, and the other is just like, oh yeah, I know that. Like, yeah. Iconic. <laughs> well, how did it get to be iconic though, Tom? I mean, isn't that a lot of people had a really, really uh, misguided impression about this movie. Uh, so it made it made thirty three million dollars in nineteen seventy nine, so that's probably a bunch of money today. So, so, so was Pacino the only Oscar nomination for this movie? Or did it, it got two Oscar it? nominations: best leading actor and best original screenplay. So well, I feel like you guys. <laughs> I don't think you guys agree. With that. That's terrible. <laughs> like, if I'm saying there's too much story, then the screenplay is awful. That's, that's, and I do think screenplay is the problem with this movie. Because I, screenplay is not just dialogue. It's the story. And the story is, as I said, too much. So I, I would much rather, you know, I, I'm much more sympathetic to the argument that Al Pacino is not an awful actor than I am to giving the movie a nod for an Academy Award. We finally found something that gets you on with Al, and it's a worse part of his movie that you yeah, that like, is praise and you hate it. Where the movie is way worse than his performance, <laughs> then you know I'll give him some some cred. So Tom's favorite movies in this series are this one and Danny Collins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be onto something there, my friend. Uh, well, so the courtroom scene is, and uh, I really like it, but I, I, um, I also see, you know, sometimes you guys do open my eyes a little bit. I will say, I don't, I, I like to think I come in with usually very strong Al opinions, and sometimes you sway me in the other direction. And I would agree, though. I find it to be, I love when he does that. I think it's very entertaining when he yells, and I think, I think it's earned to a certain extent in this. But I agree that it's sort of. Um, there's just so much that builds to that and, and not a, again, not in a natural way, just sort of in like a shit flying at you in every turn sort of thing that I guess he, I believe that he would melt down, but I also don't, I don't know. There's just too much. But what I love about the courtroom scene is how this movie ends. And I think this movie has the best ending. I feel like it's this movie and it's Sully and they have the two best endings <laughs> in the last 40 years. And it makes me very happy. You wish Sully had ended on a freeze frame. I really do, and I don't. And the fact I, I have, I mean, I, I remember it was funny because I, I was talking to my brother about this, and he insisted I watch this ten years ago or so. He really likes this movie, and when I watched it again this time, I was texting him and saying, "What the fuck is this freeze frame ending?" And he said, "Dude, ten years ago, like exactly the same response was. You said, what the fuck is this freeze frame ending? <laughs> it's so weird, and it sort of undercuts the entire final scene, which is when he's freaking out about this rape this judge committed, and is giving up his career to to take the judge down and 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 you know do it himself as opposed to letting the system do it. And he's downtrodden, and he's sitting on the steps, and he's pondering his life. And Jeffrey Tambor walks by and doffs his wig, and then Al <laughs> looks dead and down the center of the back." and makes a weird face and that's the end of the movie like how is that who thought Tom if I, it, makes me, you make, it makes me think you're right about them doing acid and then just mashing their two scripts together because why did that get tucked in? was that like a mistake that that got added to the last page I just don't understand I mean that was that moment there when it 
when it 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 freeze frames on his quizzical face. It's the best thing that Pacino does in the entire movie. <laughs> it's a per, it's the perplexing look, which is all of us, which is which is saying, why in God's name did this film ever get made? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> why did we do this? Wink. Yeah. <sighs> Great question, Al. Al's face. <laughs> That's acting. Yeah. Lee Strasberg coached him up on that scene, especially, I think. Yeah, Lee was there. Lee was on set and said, Al, we're going to nail this one. This is it. We're sending him off with a bang. Let's do it. Man, well, uh, do you have any other takes, Andrew? What else? What, uh, do, do you have any other thoughts on Injustice for All? No, I mean, I just, again, the last scene, I think it, again, well, it's you're right. It's undermined by the, the freeze frame at the end and the weird Jeffrey Tambor doffing his wig thing but like again it would have felt so much more earned had like like it's 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 almost like because there's so much going on so much injustice for al that uh that it's like why didn't he freak out like a half hour earlier like what was he waiting for like i don't know like it just it didn't i don't think it felt earned actually or or it was earned like a half hour ago i don't know like it was so it was it's just yeah, it's just yeah. The bombs kept falling near the end. Like there was just a the, the amount of issues he was dealing with was overwhelming. So it, I, won't, it, I won't be watching this one again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you, guess, you'd have to pay me to watch this one again. Some of the other ones on this list, I would just. I mean, obviously, like Godfather and Scarface and a few others, I would definitely stop and watch. But like, I this one, no. I, even if it was like on cable, I no. No, it's so weird. And I know it's not on cable because people would watch it and think they were on acid. So, like, if it was on TNT <laughs> or something. So, Well, luckily, you're not required to watch it again. We only require one viewing. And I think we all had to pay money to watch it this time, too. So, they produced... Gonna go the- and, like, we're not going to go snake draft on Injustice. <laughs> yeah. this again. I think we're good. I think we've gotten through it. And you gave the producers another four... We all gave them another $4 for their, for their time and effort. So, I'm sure... Yeah, they- <laughs> They must be so happy with the residual checks off yeah. of our... Three people just bought in Justice for All. What a... This is an unexpected... What's going on? Yeah. Must yeah. be a podcast. I'm, like, shocked that this was available for rent on Amazon. Because Amazon pulls shit, like, off all the time for rent. Like, very new stuff. Uh, like, the train spotting sequel I just rented last week because it was going off in, like... Like, oh, I think Friday... But somehow, Injustice for Al endures. <laughs> like, I don't even... Yeah. The real okay. question is, when I complain to Amazon that I didn't get the product that I was trying to get, will they give me... <laughs> when well, they listen to this... Now. Yeah, when they have this podcast, it's going to be... Tra- you got to destroy the evidence here, Tom. That's, that, would, uh, that would be a grave <laughs> miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom would... Yeah. And then one of us would have to doff our toupee to him. And then there'd be stupid music <laughs> yeah. in the background. All right, let's do our... I, I feel like everyone listening can guess where we're going to go with this now, but let's do a little bit of reviewing and give it one of our three. Michael, Sonny, or Fredo, you guys can go first. Andrew, what would you give And Justice for All? Oh, definitely a Michael. Just kidding. It's <laughs> obviously a Fredo. Well, okay. This, again, comes back to the question of, like, like, are we rating Al's performance or are we rating the movie in general? And I don't movie, think we've ever resolved that in any real we never have. The movie is the movie's a Fredo. The, the Al performance is like Fredo bordering on Sonny. I think it's actually, it's not terrible. It's it, it's just, 
you can only do so much with with this kind of story. So yeah, that's where I come down. <clears throat> Certainly not Michael. No, nowhere near that. I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a Fredo. I mean, the movie is so <laughs> It's a Fredo. straight Fredo. Even, even if, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie, I've probably said this point like five times. <laughs> but Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie would have been a Fredo too because the movie was just too bad. <laughs> All right, well, well, you know, socks, so Fredo. Okay. Well, that last point, we can, we can just cut that and loop it in every future episode. So no need to have you keep saying that. Just cuts yeah. my heart a little bit when you do. Yeah, I'm sorry, baby. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I would have given this probably a sunny across the board before we started talking, but I, and my brother's gonna get furious at me when he listens to this, and he usually does because he thinks I, I let you guys off the hook too much. But <laughs> he says, "Why are you defending Almore?" And I'm like, "I'm doing all, I'm, I'm getting attacked on both sides, and I'm the only one here." But yeah, I mean, it's the movie's not great. I'm gonna give the movie a Fredo, and I'll, I'll go with that. I'm gonna give an Al a full sunny, borderline Michael because I think Al is great in this. But I will uh-huh. give the movie a Fredo. It's not, it's not the best movie in the world. Yeah, that's the, best <laughs> that's the, hard, that's the harshest criticism I can give. It's not the best movie in the world. The best I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. We're meeting halfway, right? We're finally, we found, we've weirdly found some common ground here, I think. Yeah, take note, country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, it's, I, I was happy we got to see this because it definitely, again, I remembered really the helicopter scene and the last scene and the rest of it was very, you know, not in my memory and watching all of the antics take place and watching Jeffrey Tambor with a rich, luscious head of hair was very fun. And then yeah, him... he then shaves off. That yeah. Just... Yeah. That feels <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought of George senior saying, give me the hair on Arrested Development. So <laughs> yeah. that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, any final thoughts on injustice for all? Or are we, uh, are we, have you said all you need to say, Tom? I feel like you were, you've just, you've been on loop all day and your thoughts are very well known. I did like the scene where he fires a gun into the air in the courtroom. That was pretty funny. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Uh, that's my that's my that's my parting thought on this movie. I, I my parting thought is I think justice has been done today. <laughs> I would also like to note Jack Warden, though he's a judge, he crashes a helicopter. The helicopters must cost an outrageous amount of money, and he seems to have no regard for the cost he's just incurred in yeah, destroying. No Baltimore City judge has that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like there's a big flaw there too. And the helicopter crash is very fake too. Like they really, for all they invested in the helicopter scene, they really could have got a better crash scene in there. Yeah, you so. said it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's we are back on Justice for Al, and I'm so glad that we're back. And I think we're going to settle into a nice routine again. Andrew, is that that's the plan at least, right? To get back and do is make Tom sad every couple weeks at least. Yeah, I think as soon as we're done recording, we're going to have to discuss what our next next film will be. So yeah, and we'll announce that soon. We'll we'll get that out there. We, I think we want we're going to maybe start putting those out on Facebook so that you guys can watch along with us. Because I know, weirdly enough, I will say, Tom, I, I've told you this before, but these are the most popular podcasts we do are these and Justice for Al episodes. So the people love them. I'm sure it's because Tom's here. Probably also because Andrew and I are here. But the people want more Al, and we would be remiss to not give it to them. That's just because it's a weird thing, like this entire movie we just talked about. We're, we're doing a weird thing. We're doing a weird thing. And we're doing a weird thing. Papers, I know. It makes me very happy, though, so that's the most important thing, I think. We are the judge crashing a helicopter of the internet. <laughs> yeah. We're all, Tom's going, whoa, whoa, every time he watches one of these movies. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the judge or the helicopter in that scenario. <laughs> and I'm definitely Arthur Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom, thank you as always for coming on board. We appreciate it. I know this is a slog and we value your opinion as the devil on my shoulder. Or the, I guess you're the devil on Andrew's shoulder and I'm the angel, right? To, to some he's yeah, the, he's sort the of. devil's advocate, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, as always, thank you so much, my partner in crime. Of course. And thank you, the listener, for enjoying us on another excursion into the world of Al Pacino. We'll be back soon enough. Thanks for listening. And as always, we are one nation under Pacino with liberty and justice for Al.